Hello and welcome to You Haven't Seen That, the podcast where we watch films that I missed growing up. Uh, my name is Eric. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host. Hey everyone, I'm Chris. How are you going? And Chris, could you introduce our guest please? Yes, yes, we have a, a wonderful guest on for this week's episode. Uh, our good friend, Ms. Colleen Lockwood. Hey, Cole. Uh, Cole is uh, a long-time contributor on uh, the other podcast I do, The Criterion Quest, and uh, I think, more importantly, she's here because she's a big fan of this film. I am, I am. I, gr- I grew up on it. And... Uh, do, do you want to introduce what this week's film is? Oh, shall I? Yeah. Okay, we're watching Dirty Dancing. She thought it would be just another summer vacation. Who's that? Oh, them. They're the dance people. But it turns out to be the time of her life. What's me now? I can't even do the merengue. He teaches her what she can do. I'm not sure who you are, but I don't want you to have anything to do with those people again. Baby, I don't see you running up to daddy telling him I'm your guy. Well, with my father, it's complicated. I will tell him. I I don't believe you, baby. She shows him all he can be. Gotta stop it now. I know what I'm doing, Penny. What they learn from each other feels too good to be wrong. Dirty Dancing, starring Patrick Swayze, Jennifer Grey, and Cynthia Rhodes. Get ready for the time of your life. <laughs> <laughs> so, so th- you grew up watching this one? I grew up watching it. So this is what this is 1987. Yeah. I'm 1980. I was born 1985. So I grew up with it. I had two older sisters who were teenagers when I was a little kid. So. Older sisters, big fans of Patrick Swayze. Mm-hmm. It was in my house a lot, and I grew to love it, and I still watch it and enjoy it today. Yeah, fair enough. Well, this was one I think um, I didn't get much exposure to. I think I've only seen it maybe once or twice in my life. Um, I because I think well, having an older brother as opposed to an older sister, it just never kind of came into the yeah the, the Swayze fold. We were more like Roadhouse family. <laughs> <laughs> um, and if you're going to watch an 80s dance flick in your house, it's going to be Footloose. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we were, we were, yeah, we were a Kevin Bacon household. <laughs> uh, we were a Swayze and Slater. Oh, yeah. Well, I think Sl- Christian Slater was everyone who was oh. born in the 80s. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like came across this one uh, through like family friends who had mm-hmm. like, you know, older you know sisters and things. And um, I think mainly through the soundtrack, to be honest. Yeah. That, yeah, the soundtrack big, is probably big as big as the film. Mm. Yeah, that's what I know probably most from. Or not the whole soundtrack, but definitely like key moments. Like, Time of Your Life has come on at every friggin' dance I've ever been to. Yeah. You, you, definitely, <laughs> you definitely know some Swayze, She's Like the Wind. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> not, but see, after today, I'm going to know it really well. <laughs> um, well, I guess, what are you expecting well, from it's this a, one? Or what, what do you know about it? It's a funny one, like, because I had two younger sisters... Um, but for some reason it's skipped by them. I don't know. I guess being a little bit younger, the, the mm. 1.88, so you know, she could have kind of crept into it, but it just never, never really got, the addiction never grew in the household, I guess. Um, I am, I mean, I know some core lines, like nobody puts baby in a corner or mm. whatever. And, um, I, I can't, it's, she's either, she's not at home or something. Anyway, she's at like a camp or a something or other. And anyway, and she falls in love with beautiful Patrick. That's sort of what I'm, cause you know. Beautiful Patrick. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who doesn't? Um. <laughs> and in this, he's just like a charming older, but not that creepy older, but older, I believe, dancey man. And she's, um, I believe, maybe training to be a professional dancer or wants to be or something like that. Or she's just a naive girl. She's definitely a naive girl looking <laughs> yeah. for Patrick. All right. That's what I'm expecting. Um, I don't know whether to get like... 
part of me is expecting like just full cheesy and you know just like the 80s cheesiness but part of me is like maybe this is like some serious heart to this and that's what's carried at that extra step like there is actually the sincere yeah, I'm, I'm love story that's romance that's where I'm that... intrigued like is it the cheesiness I'm definitely expecting yeah. with nothing else I'm already or... thinking of a few things I'm like he's not going to be expecting that, <laughs> that. Yeah, and that's, yeah. it. that's where I'm like there's all going to be these little bits that I'm just I'm picking pretty cheesy just three three act film Great musical moment to end off with, and a very happy ending. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. fair enough. Uh, well, on that note, should we jump in and uh, see what we get? If it turns yes. out that way, yeah, let's do it. All right. So that was Dirty Dancing. Yeah, there's the song stuck in everyone's head. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Actually, because of the credit song, it wipes out Time of Your Life for me. Yeah, no, yeah. I have the credit song in my head. No, I got Time of Your Life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know the credit song well enough. <laughs> yeah, it's still in there for me. <laughs> um, but I guess, Eric, like, first impressions. Yeah, that's what I... I think, like I was saying at the start, I was wondering if it's going to be, like, quite cheesy or if it's going to be there's going to be deeper stuff there's going to be some heart to it yeah I'm like there's got to be more to make it more than just like a a couple of moments that make it last and it, it had more it had abortions <laughs> yeah okay that was <laughs> that was the one thing like I, I there was no way to tease it in the first yeah. like the opening of like what do you expect to be in this yeah. film but for those that are like you know if you haven't seen it the last thing and like looking at like the cover art alone you don't expect abortions in this film no. let alone not as like the central storyline basically yeah 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 one of the driving forces <laughs> let alone like an illegal backyard butcher I would dare say the predominant driving force that kind of like at least kicks in the like ends the first act and puts all the pieces into motion to let the story go every every major like plot point to move forward something that kicks off the next thing to happen is the penny story yeah Mm. if it wasn't for that abortion Johnny (laughs) baby would have never met him (laughs) in love which is a horrible sentence to say thanks Robbie yeah so Robbie is a good guy Uh, no no. Robbie's an awful human being yeah um Hmm. Yes. So no, no. I, I. It was what I was hoping it would be. It actually had a lot of, and like we'll get onto it. Had a lot of like social statements about the rich and the poor and all that sort of stuff. Mm. That's what's Some kind of class, I guess. It, it, it's that kind of stereo. There were a few films in the eighties, like the dance centric movies that mm. kind of came out. That it, it's so hard to pinpoint like tone and genre. I guess like it's not. A comedy, but there's some really funny stuff in there. Yeah. It's not necessarily a full-blown drama, and it's not quite a full-blown romance. Like, there's so it's so hard. No, to it is. It's a, and it's one of the first. Like, it's the '80s sort of kicked off the era of like teen flicks. Yeah, and that's what this is. It it's like hu- the biggest selling message yeah, is the romance part, isn't mm. it? It is, but at its core, I think maybe one of the reasons it did so well is that it kind of taps into a lot of different things, which is a sure win. It's a chick flick. So it has that romantic element, which yep. is a sure win. It has the dance, which we know is a win because uh, this actually predates Footloose, though. Mm, I don't think so. I have no, a feeling Footloose, Footloose is 84, 85, yeah. So you've got that. That's a win. Yep. You've got the killer soundtrack, the cast, and the romance as yep. well. Yep. And then the social commentary that like is the thing of like teen flicks in the 80s and 90s. It's like 
teenagers dealing with teenage angst and their place in the world and coming into a world that they're not happy with. Yeah, I was surprised to see so much more and just general, like, like gender roles and class position Mm. and things like that. So it had more than just your less well-made teen movies, so to speak. It wasn't just... Girl wants boy... It wasn't just, like, dance romance. No, girl wants things she can't have for, like, a way of life that she can't have... Do you think you were kind of surprised by those elements because you're so kind of used to, like, the 90s kind of teen films? Were those kind of, the, the actual kind of important thematic messages kind of dropped away for the sake of a fun story, I guess? Or shoehorned in later. Yeah, yeah. I guess you, you can always just look, because things get saturated, so the saturated simple yeah. movie is, is very straightforward, and they're the ones you go, oh, I've seen this, this formula before. But you look at ones that probably have, like, Clueless and things like that, or 10 Things I Hate About You that have sort of a maybe a bit of a more complex message or way of getting there. And they, they're the ones that seem to persevere a bit more. Yeah. Um, Unlike American Pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those kind Ooh. of like what, what teen movies evolved into in the late 90s, yeah. early mm. 2000s. Yeah. I, like I'm thinking like I didn't really grow up on, I don't know where to place this because I grew up with this, but I did not grow up on like your John Hughes chick flicks. Yeah. So I'm like, I don't know where this sits in relation to something like Pretty in Pink or Sixteen Candles. Yeah, well, I think that's what's interesting about Dirty Dancing is because it well, it seems to be a universally, like, globally loved film, whereas I think the John Hughes stuff, because it is so American high school teen and mm. girl-centric, it didn't really travel ac- down here to us that well. Mm. Like, I mean, those, other than I'd say Weird Science and Breakfast Club, those kind of ones that aren't a kind of pinpoint kind of viewpoint I guess of a narrative yeah. and it's just kind of this overarching fun caper I guess in the terms of weird science yeah. and you know I'm a, a micro deep microcosm for breakfast club yeah so. yeah um yeah it, it had that extra bit of I don't know where, where do you start like I mean baby is a, a pretty strong character really like she she has hungry eyes Well done. But she does the whole movie. You bring up a good point. In terms of her being a strong character, maybe that's where I'm sitting here going, I don't know how this relates Mm. to something like a Molly Ringwald. Because the thing I think I liked about this as a kid and still as an adult, as a girl watching it, is Baby's actually a really awesome heroine. Yeah, she's actually... She's a she, strong She falls in love with, with, I mean, why wouldn't you, with, with Swayze, but she's strong to begin with. She has her beliefs, which and she, maybe... But she's also li- naive. Yes, which is a bit naive. So she has her flaws, but that's okay. But I think the naivety you can chalk up to just age, the fact that she's, you know, yeah. 17, and she's lived yeah. a very sheltered life. So yeah, and she believes in helping people, and she believes in her dad and what he's taught her. When I couldn't wait to join the Peace Corps... And I thought I'd never find a guy as great as my dad. Well, the the believing in helping people, it's it's interesting. Like, this is a film set in 1963. That, so, and her as a character, someone who, in that time frame, who's, a, you know, kind of feminist and also uh, wanting to, you know, peace join the Peace Corps is what she mm. wants to yeah. do after she graduates. Yeah, she wants to send her she's, leftover pot roast to Southeast Asia. Yeah, she's... Yes. As, like, which is a joke, yeah. but that's the character she is. Oh, look at all this leftover food. Are there still starving children in Europe? Uh, try Southeast Asia, Ma. All right. Robbie, baby wants to send her leftover pot roast to Southeast Asia. So uh, anything you don't finish, you wrap up. Max, our baby's going to change the world. Yeah, she she's a very kind of progressive character that you wouldn't normally see 
you know, in a film of the 60s, let alone well, in a film set within that kind of sphere, I guess. The thing is, I think in the 60s, you probably would see a lot of characters I, like yeah, that. I'm, I'm more meaning in that sphere. Yeah, but that what's... type of character being that person, like mm. somebody from money in a well-to-do family who's yeah. very safe and, like, you know, suffering from white privilege. Who has gone away for the week for the week to literally find a man from Harvard or Yale too. <laughs> yeah. And she's presented well because you don't look at this character who is like ultra feminist and he's like she doesn't belong in that family. Like she she fits well with her, her father, even with her sister. And with that society in general. Like she you see her in that early dance class, the cheesy salsa one or whatever it is, and she's just kind she's, of there. But she's, she's trying to have fun with it, but... She knows it's not really a zone. She's just mm. looking forward to studying economic politics or whatever at uni. Yeah, but she's um, still joined in. Yeah, yeah, like, she's social. Um, she wants to see a little bit more, but she's not like a hyper-rebellious kid that's unbelievable, like, just chain-smoking behind no, the sheds or that's something. It, yeah, she's not rebellious. It's not... She doesn't go and, and seek out that, that sort of underbelly... Because she's seeking danger or rebelliousness. She is... You notice she actually, in a sense, falls in love with Penny first. She's more enthralled with Penny before she really claps eyes on Johnny Castle. Mm. She's more like... She she sees Penny and is just like enamoured with her and her lifestyle and what she can do. When she first sees them dancing and they sort of... You know, when they get in trouble for like going too much in the dance hall... She's watching Penny more than Johnny. She's That's not true. looking at Johnny in like with hungry eyes. Well, I suppose is that like kind of a little bit of foreshadowing for like she's looking at the woman that she will eventually become. That's it. Yes, yeah. she's looking at someone she wants. To, I want to be her. Mm. And then that leads us to what you pointed out is the wonderful Titanic moment of the film, for lack of a better term, <laughs> yeah. of of her kind of stumbling across the you know the the third, the steerage class the, the staff party, party. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly the third third class yeah. dancing on the tables yeah <laughs> the, the, she got to go to the drunken Irish party with Jack <laughs> yeah, pretty much after we'd been at the stiff upper class yeah party exactly yeah, yeah. excuse me. <laughs> Mm. Um, yes, and she goes there, and that's where the dirty dancing is happening. Mm. Yes, yeah, it's, it's it's good rock and roll dancing. That that like breaking open of the double doors is wonderful for two reasons. <laughs> One, because it's just such a like it goes from such the dark bland to bang open music and bright lights and this red glow and people moving, and also that guy juggling watermelons. Yeah. <laughs> Best watermelon really? juggler. Yeah. Oh. oh, I wonder how many takes they did that in. Yeah. Well, that's what's interesting because this was a kind of relatively low budget film. So I, I, I joked like, you could. <laughs> I reckon behind oh, behind the scenes, the prop master was just like, just don't careful, oh god. Like, so they, they, we only have three watermelons. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford any more. And he, man, he saved that watermelon. Yeah, he like, stuck three that times. One. He nearly lost it. Yeah, and then he had it saved. He dropped it again, but saved it, yeah. But not just that, he maintained the take. He was in yeah. character and kept going. Yeah, yeah no, he had it. That, that was well is, done. That man is a professional. Yeah. Well done, Billy. Um, See, what was nice about that as well is that early on, um, Eric, you made the comment watching it. You're like, that Billy, like, he's a cool guy. I'm just waiting for him to do something. Yeah, I was, I was, like, I was waiting for him to let me down. I'm like, yeah. he just like, seems like just a, just the nice cousin. He's just genuinely nice guy. And it's kind of nice this film, like, never lets you down like yeah, that. Yeah, so it didn't, didn't decide to break him for some reason. Yeah, yeah we're, we're kind of established right from the get-go. These are the bad characters, and they're going to maintain being horrible people throughout, and no one else is going to be kind of shifting or disappointing. I think the only... And it's very, very early on. There's only one shift like that, and it's that shock moment. You both had a little... <gasps> 
thing. Right at the start where Baby overhears Kellerman talking to the waiters. I shouldn't have to remind you, this is a family place. That means you keep your fingers out of the water, your hair out of the soup, and show the goddamn daughters a good time. All the daughters. Even the dogs. The blunt nature when he first points out, like, you're here to, like, sleep with these... You're here to woo the daughters. They're here to have a good time, and you're going to show them a good time. Yeah, that's it. Um, And you, like, I heard you, Chris, you're like, oh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the appropriate reaction. (laughs) That's the only time when you get that sharp reality Mm -hmm. of... Oh, these these people aren't who I think they are. And it makes it such a more interesting scenario for Baby to rebel against and try and break out of. And it's so important for her. It makes it understandable. Yeah, and also the fact that she, like, she never expresses what she's seen or overheard to anyone else. It's just that simple thing of her coming to the realisation of the situation and then... Coming to terms with that's not what I am, it's not what I want. And, yeah, this and seeking is... something else mm. instead. Like, she doesn't want to spend time with those people yeah. now that she knows what they're doing. Yeah. yeah. Instead of outing them or anything like that, she just goes... Mm, that's, that's not for me. I'm going to go I think, yeah, look at what else is out there. I'm going to go to a steerage party. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> but at the same time, you never get the impression that she's going to just throw away her college plans and her, like, ambition as a, a, to be educated in a field she's passionate about because of a guy. You're like, no, she's yeah. going to do both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jumping way ahead, do you guys... Because this film takes place over a week. <laughs> like a, Three weeks, wasn't it? Was it three, three weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks? Ah. But the dance rehearsal took a week. Oh, okay. So, that's that's so, why. So, so a montage lasted a week. All right. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw the progress in that. So. Yeah, that was but yeah. like, do you get the sense that Johnny and Baby are going to stay together? No. No. It's... It's clearly not. It's well, you can sort of sense uh, from the start when she's initially doing the voiceover, she's talking in very retrospective. Yeah. That was the summer of '63. That was the summer of 1963, when everybody called me baby, and it didn't occur to me to mind. It was just the summer. That's yeah. Sorry, Eric. I'll, no, were... I believe that they were going to stay together. The um, adult in me knows that it wouldn't last. I think they would have stayed together for the summer, but not. Yeah, yeah. it would have been it a bit of a, it, I think it was She's like, okay, I'm going off to college It would have now. been a bit of a Sandy and Danny thing. Yeah. yeah. And a then unless you ended up in college, yeah. that was, yeah. <laughs> so, unfortunately. That's it. But you just brought up uh, the voiceover at the beginning, and yes, it's, it's very interesting because it's just this the only time in the film it happens. And I, I wrote down the note um, because I'd forgotten most of this movie. That it opens with her writing in a book and with the voiceover, like you just mentioned, and you get the sense of like, oh, so is this just female stand by me? <laughs> like to, uh, to, yeah. to some oh, degree, yes. because yeah. you've got the 50s music playing and the, someone writing their story and then you get that one brief bit of narration and then it's like, nah, never mind. Yeah, it's weird that it is actually introduced yeah, that way. Because now I almost want to see the intro again because I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. To, to kind of listen to that intro and go, yeah, this is her like 20 years down the track remembering the summer that changed her life. But there's no other narration whatsoever no. throughout no. the film, which is kind of the one filmmaking point where I'm a bit like, ah, oh, that's... That is weird. It's almost like it's an afterthought, actually. It's what, like, looking at the film, you don't need that opening narration of, like, this is the summer I fell in love. It's like, yeah, no, we're going to watch oh, that. I think you do. It helps to just... Certain things, I think, in that opening helped a lot, and it was... I love, um, my, love my dad. I love my dad. That I'll never find a guy as great as my dad, and the fact that it was... Look, it's clearly a retrospective um, narration. Mm-hmm. 
And it's clearly baby as a woman is reflecting on this. She goes, it was the last summer when people still called me baby and it didn't occur to me to mind. Yeah. That's clearly like, it sets it up. This is a child, but I'm a woman woman and we know this is the story we're getting. This is the progression we're going to get. And it gave us the year. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's not mentioned any other time through the film. I think that's the only thing is just like a heads up. What you're watching is a growth and, and I suppose yeah. as well, it's helping put the audience in the frame of mind of this is, we're watching this protagonist's story through her own kind of retrospective vision. So yeah. she might be an unreliable narrator. Yeah. Or, like, or we're watching it with rose, looking at it with rose-coloured glasses to some degree. Which might help considering it was made in the late 80s mm-hmm. and is set in the early 60s. So at it's the, the time nostalgia. watching it, it would mm. feel like maybe actually a grown woman's So reflection. you're saying this is Ready Player One for the 80s? <laughs> <laughs> no. no, I'm saying this is Stand By Me. This is a yeah. modern day woman telling a story of when yeah. she grew up in the 60s. Yeah. Because now I think about it, and probably the expert here, she's, every single scene is viewed through her eyes, isn't it? Yes. We don't have any scene where she's not in it at all. Yeah. Like, you don't have a conversation between um, not really, Swayze no. and um, Penny or whatever. Like, every single scene she's involved in. Unless it's like, you know, the sister stumbling onto um, Robbie's room and... Which is like, she would have heard that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. small yeah. incidental, incidental. You see but, a few little mm. by-the-way moments. They were very I'm brief, like, weren't they? Like, the yeah. whole everything really was driven through her eyes, so that would match the... Hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty well-made movie. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, it actually, yeah, it is, and it's you know it's it's got a fair amount of cheese, but for everything else that's going on, you kind of go, yeah, I can take that. It's balanced cheese. It is. Mm. When you guys say cheese, what are you kind of more meaning in terms of, I guess, the narrative or the character? No, I'm talking about moments like the moments. breaking yeah. the car window and you're wild. I, always, <laughs> I, even, I even cringed at that when I was like a 13 year old girl's in total Swayze swoon. Yeah. I still cringed at You're still just like, like I know that's a little yeah. bit. And even just the, like, the line, nobody puts baby in a corner. Yeah. Like, just yeah. take it by the hand. You know what's there. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm, I'm going with it. Yep. I go with it. And I guess, like, you know, the, the dancing on the log scene as well. Like, you know it's cheesy and schmaltzy, but you can't like, help like, it. Give it to me anyway. Yeah, you kind yeah. of get wrapped and up it's, in it's, it. And it's, yeah, it's balanced. There's not too much of it. There's, like, there's moments here and there, but then a lot of it, like, they throw in some abortions and they're not cheesy. No. no. It's, that's delivered real. really well. Yeah. Like. Penny is also like talking yeah. about female characters. Like mm. Penny is an is like a really someone who strong doesn't character. get a great deal of screen time. Yeah, she makes it count, and her character is strong. Yeah, on like on rewatch, I grew to appreciate Penny, and I'm gonna say, oh my god, I don't even know her name. The sister, <laughs> Lisa. <gasps> oh, that well wonderful, done. wonderful woman. <laughs> I love her. I didn't appreciate her as a kid until I grew up, and I'm I love Lisa. She's she's not as flamboyant as some like that was a wonderful trope that I want to come back so badly is the flamboyant and outrageous sibling in 80s movies (laughs) yes yes. and Lisa is a lot more reserved than say the brother Um, from Teen Witch or um, Bill Paxton in Weird Science yes (laughs) precisely (laughs) she's a lot more reserved but she's picking her moments to be outrageous and if she was evil she'd be a Disney stepsister yeah yeah I, I, okay, is she older or younger? She's I can't the older tell. sister. Okay, she's cool. the older sister. Okay, so that's why she's looking at marriage yes. more keenly. Yes. Plus her character's a 
style of person. But. Mm. Yeah, I, I do believe she's the elder sister. Well, that, I mean, that's a fun kind of contrast as well, having the, you know, the two sisters, one who is very, towing the line and yeah. going what, you know, the society... She's, she's, well, she's she just very feminine. She just takes after the mother. You yeah. see that the, the, the mother and her have a very close relationship. They get each other. Mm. Like, the first thing you see, like, the first bit of dialogue between them is when she arrives and she realises that other people have brought more shoes yeah. with her. She could have brought more shoes, goddammit. I should have brought those coral shoes. You said it was taking too much. Well, sweetheart, you brought ten pairs. You know, and the mother understands. They have a they have the bond that, yeah. that Baby has with her dad. Yeah. And that's just her personality. She's yeah. just very feminine. Mm. And the mother, in saying that, isn't, like, ultra-conservative. They don't use it much. She's just... She's just She's okay. And I guess she's she's not in it much because, as Cole said, like she, Baby doesn't necessarily have the bond that she does with her no, mother. It's no, so. it's about the relationship with Baby and her dad. Yeah. yeah. Mother's not trying to hold her back. Mother's not this crazy progressive. Not, mm. She's just part of the family. She's there to help when she needs, like telling Jerry Orbach to, to sit down. To sit down. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. It's like the only time you realise that the mother's been paying attention. Yeah. Yes. Um... Oh, that in the breakfast scene when she's like awkwardly eating a grapefruit. Yes. She, know, she knows something went down. And she's then. like, mm. I think <laughs> she's just regretting a grapefruit choice. Because <laughs> I'm already at breakfast. Oh, grapefruit's oh, great. I would regret grapefruit. Oh. <laughs> You're both crazy. <laughs> but even in that, like, Penny to a very, very lesser degree goes through a similar growth arc that Baby does as well. She has that rose-coloured idea of what romance is and who she's going to be. And she has to learn a hard lesson as well mm. about who she really is. Um, and about and accepting... I think what she wants as well. And what she wants. And she has to accept, you know, like we're talking about Robbie here when she has that moment. Yeah. Too much. Like, she should have realised with Robbie anyway when he got fresh with her on the golf course, but... <laughs> yeah, that's... Yeah. yeah. But yeah. she just, like, overlooked that. Because... Because I've never addressed again. Because he's going to be a doctor and like is someone that she should be with. Mm-hmm. So I will like, allow yeah, that that's kind what she, of behavior. That's what she's there for. Yeah, she's there yeah. to meet a doctor. Um, mm. And suddenly, when she's totally dismissed, and you know, does she? And she can sense it's later when um, Johnny leaves and Baby's all miserable. It's the only time you see a little bit of like sisterly bond. Yeah, yeah. with those yep. two, and you go, and you, that's when you go. Yeah, she's. You know, she's going actually, through something as well. She's going through something as well because she can recognise it in Baby. So mm. you know she's just been there too. And she contributes to the soundtrack. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's talk about the show. <laughs> Let's talk about Lisa singing. And you can walk all you want, and you can walk while I walk away. Oh, I, I and the best to... thing is, it's not even in the show. It's just in oh, rehearsal. It's a rehearsal. Oh, she's <laughs> she, chewing that scenery. She is one of those actresses who is just like, I'm going for it, and I don't like just fearless. She is fearless. I'm in this movie. <laughs> yeah, right. she's, yeah, she's so overlooked. Yeah, she's so overlooked. I forgot her name. She's just the sister. Yeah, she's the sister. But, but... I love her. What a ridiculous creature. <laughs> That's probably the. Probably the best compliment you could pay her. She's just the sister. Because <laughs> that's what she's meant to be. She's not meant to be Lisa or anything like that, yeah, really. Right. I don't think, like, the way that... She scene... never gets in the way of baby's limelight. And yeah. She's, yeah, she's not chewing the scenery too much like those other examples we no, were she's saying. She's playing a character just... Oh. Nailing it. Nailing, Nailing it. it. Yeah. And if you find those shorts at an op shop... Oh. Yeah. Oh. I just... <laughs> oh, I love her. I love her. Um, shifting it back to kind of... We were... 
just before we discussed <laughs> the talent show, we're also kind of gender kind of politics to some degree about yeah. it. It's interesting as well that Swayze is kind of... I mean, Johnny, the stuff that he's going through yeah. is... is pretty intense it's intense and it's kind of essentially coming to terms with the fact that he is a gigolo for lack of a better term yeah Yeah. i was expecting him like i said i was wondering how cheesy will this film be so i was expecting him to be the heartthrob pretty perfect and that's it yeah but the guy who who sleeps with all the rich debutantes and has no problems with it just an amazing dancer good looking perfect um he's just he's just that's his way love and life you you see him like the the disney prince he's the prize yeah yeah he's a prize for our protagonist no once you actually get to know him he's got he he knows where his place is he's got baggage he's got insecurities just socially as much anything he's he's not unconfident with who he is um, he's abrasive to some degree. Well, it takes him quite a long time to actually. You notice it takes a very long time for him to actually be nice to Baby. Yeah, and I think that's because of he what he judges been, her the whole time. It's because of what the situation he's found himself forced into, where he is essentially there to serve and be abused and used and by she, these people. And she's a reminder of everything he can't have. Exactly. Yeah. He's yeah. a remi- she's a rem- constant reminder of everything that is look and don't touch. Not just that as well, but he lumps her into the category of those rich upper class who are yep. there to simply use and abuse him. And then you see his genuine care for Penny mm. as well. And you, you, you're told it's not a romance. Like, is it? And then you go, no, it's not. And his genuine care for her is where you're like, no, this is a really nice, caring guy mm. as well. So then when you see the abrasiveness and stuff, you're like, oh. He's like an onion. You slowly unravel the layers. <laughs> Um, but he's also like even he's a, like he's a solid guy as well. Like he's a really solid guy. Like he never rats out Robbie either. No, no. Everything that Penny goes he through, he never rats out Robbie. In yep. fact, he never hits him, and he deserves it. Oh, Robbie deserved punching early on. He mm. never hits him until much later on. Yeah, when he Once really he's finally breaks. Had yeah. Hey, well, it looks like I picked the wrong sister. That's okay, baby. I went slumming too. Oh, Johnny. Johnny. <laughs> And it's also the, that wonderful scene where the morning after the abortion, or he comes to Jerry Orbach's cabin to thank him for yeah. helping and kind of acknowledging, like, hey, that was a really messed up situation we put you in, and I just want to say thank you. And he does, catches himself, pulls the glasses off quickly to be nice and respectful. Like, yeah. Yeah. he's a genuine good bloke. He is. Yeah. He is. Um, he's the complete but- package. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, he's, like, the guy from the wrong side of tracks, and yeah. he's always been treated as such. Like, he'll never get a leg up because he's always, he'll always be looked down on. Yeah. Well, that's that great scene where he talks about how he's finally been accepted into the union. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of... That's the thing. Like, he, there are only the simple, concise lines that kind of explain who he is as a person and what he's going through. And we never necessarily delve that further into it because, again... Because it's baby's story. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Mm. But it must have been tough for him as well. Like, that moment you just brought up as well, like, the, the workers' union, just that moment when they're having that discussion and Baby quickly hides him when the dad walks past. Yeah. You actually realise how hard that would have been for him because at that point you've heard him express a few times how much he had he admires Baby and he looks up to her. Mm. And she's the thing that makes him want to be a better person. And so she's everything that you know, is good and, and makes him want to be a good person and he's so idyllic of her. And then to have her hide him. Fight harder, huh? I don't see you fighting so hard, baby. I don't see you running up to daddy telling him I'm your guy. 
will. With my father, it's complicated. I will tell him. I, I don't believe you, baby. I don't think that you ever had any intention of telling him. Ooh. Oh. Is it a bit... Yes, yeah, so he looks up to her. She looks up to him in a slightly different way. Is this a bit Romeo and Juliet-ish? I think, it, I think initially it's set out that way. Like yeah. the whole like clearly two, you know, two different sides, two yeah. different worlds. Not I, I, could, I could see the script that's being a starting, a jumping off point for the script. Yeah. And then mm. once he, the writer gets to kind of act, the end of act one is like, oh no, I don't need to follow that. I've, I've created my yeah, own. It wasn't, like, it wasn't as... He's yeah. got the audience hooked. Like if you've got a shallow, if you've drawn in a shallow audience, basically, yep. based on, you know, the advertisement. What's Sweezy and dance and the word that? dirty. That's it. Yeah. That you've sold them on that. You've got the first act in where you're like, total different, you know, they yep. come from different worlds. They're going to fall in love. But, you know, kick into act two with find out Penny's pregnant. Yeah, act two is around an abortion. Yeah, yeah that's it. Like, and I think that's where this movie, it could have just been a num- by numbers, Romeo and Juliet. Oh, we can't be together. Act three, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah um, but it, it's there's it. enough depth and stuff to it. That Interesting stuff got, kind mm. of going on around. Yeah, it. and there is that you know there is that tropey act where they have to split for some reason or they yeah. have a fight over something. But the reasons why that happened, yeah, are really Actually, real and, and devastating. And they're, they're just sad to part. Like there's not like I can't be with you. I'm leaving town. Well, they have their little tiff, like when you know she hides him and oh, he storms well, yes. off. Yeah, yeah. they make up. Yep. Um, we sorry. One more character. Yeah, we've yeah. got to talk about the boss's nephew or son. Or oh, Neil. Is it? Is it Neil? The weedy. The guy. weedy kid. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I'm. Gonna I've got to his... say, I'm known as the catcher of the county. Oh, that guy. Oh. That guy who just. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> well acted once again. Perfectly yeah. like, cast. Yeah. Beautifully cast. Like height wise, well done. <laughs> like yeah, just, it, it just was smarmy. It's Neil. Smarmy, perfect hair for that. Definitely not like. Not physically impressive, um, not charismatic. Even his like job, he's not even going to be a lawyer or a doctor. He's going to they're moving him to Mississippi for some reason. He's yeah. just taking over the hotels. I think yeah, he's just somewhere. going into the family. He's just going to the family. He's, like, he's not even a good catch in any way at all. No. Like he just is that in, guy. In that he has a chip way. on his shoulder, and he just he's that guy who every scene you just need him to have a tennis racket and like a sweater tied over his shoulders. And you're just like, you well, suck. I think he's grown up in this environment where that's oh yeah. He's been like like those staff who will you go here to get married and this mm. is what it's all about. He's been he's, raised in yeah, that yeah. and he believes it. Yeah, yeah, I don't think he has a chip on his shoulder, so to speak. I don't think I think he just genuinely that's how his life is oh, gonna no, work. I mean the chip in terms of his arrogance about himself and the yeah. the cat, like you know, he he thinks very highly of himself <laughs> yes, is yeah, what I, yeah. yeah. No, because he doesn't sorry, yeah, he doesn't like dislike Swayze or anything like that. No, he, he just think he he truly believes he is just better. Yeah, and thinks yes. like that that scene where he comes to tell him like this is what I think we should do for the final dance because I what I think is and, best. And Swayze yeah. starts proposing it. He's like, we shouldn't do the salsa again this year or whatever. Yeah, to, or Foxtrot to close on or whatever. Um, so he's like, oh great, I've got all these fantastic ideas. And he's like. No, your ideas don't. You matter. don't have and ideas. He doesn't even listen though. He doesn't no, go. Like, no, you don't have ideas. Yeah. Whoa, 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 boy! It's way over your head here. Now, I thought you always do the mambo, huh? And why not dance this year's final dance to the pachanga? 
right. Well, you're free to do the same tired numbers last year if you want, but uh, next year we'll find another dance person who'll be only too happy. Sure, Neil, about... no problem. It's like we can do the same old thing, and that's why he's like, that's not even what I was saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, no, he's, he's very well done too, and you just, yes, you hate him intensely. <laughs> He's not even that bad. No, he's not a bad guy. He's not like a Robbie. No. Robbie's not a good guy. Robbie Robbie is a a villain, but this guy is just smarmy and annoying. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like, oh. (laughs) Why couldn't you just be more like Wayne Knight? He's he's not that (laughs) (laughs) Wayne Knight knows his place. Yeah. He just gets on stage in a bolo tie and tells crappy jokes. (laughs) You know, I finally met a girl exactly like my mother. Dresses like her, acts like her. So I brought her home. My father doesn't like it. <laughs> Go figure. Great jokes. Yeah. Um, yeah, Neil's not the kind of guy you want to slap to get away from you. He's just the kind of guy who, like... You just hope you, you avoid. Yeah, you just yeah. like, oh, no, he's on the other oh, side of the room. talking to me again. That wonderful scene where he takes baby for the walk and they're on the dock and he's kind oh. of leaning in for the kiss and her body language is, get away from me, you human slug. Just like... <laughs> Shoulder totally away, eyes not looking, yeah. stiff Neck is as a like board. Far out to the side <laughs> yeah. as possible. It's wonderful. Maybe my parents are looking for me. Baby, don't worry. If they think you're with me, they'll be the happiest parents of Kellermans. I have to say it. I'm known as the catch of the county. Oh. Well, on that note, um, can we talk about the actual performances themselves? Yes. Yeah. Um, yep. I mean, starting with Jennifer Grey, I think, because this is her it's, movie, yeah, despite the fact that, you know, it, everyone jumps to Swayze. Yeah. Jennifer Grey owns this film, and I think she does a great job. She yeah, really does. She does. Um, like, she she evolves, but not, like, drastically throughout no. the film, so she doesn't just become this total different person. There's no, like, Sandy at no, the end. Exactly. <laughs> you know? She's not, smoking. Yeah. She's not smoking all of a sudden. Yeah. No. Um, yeah, she just grabs, like, the, the montage, like we're saying, subtly where she learns to dance, subtly changes the way she dresses mm. from fully clothed to and not clothed much at all. <laughs> but not even to that extent. But also, but not in a sexy way, just no, like no. being more comfortable yep. in Com- who she is. But it also doesn't necessarily change the colour scheme of her dress. She's always still continually in the white. and the pale colours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's clearly still her wardrobe. She's yeah. just wearing it more confidently yeah. yep. now. Um, and not in like a sexy, sexy way, but just... A more comfortable, more, comfortable more progressive, moving with the times. Yep. Yeah. I, I think she so wonderfully gets the character across in a kind of more non-verbal way. It's because she, it's, it's Swayze, it's Johnny that has the big kind of speeches and the big moments, and she just is there kind of living and reacting to these moments. She, has, a, she has probably two large, or like in terms of like monologue, she's got like two like moments like that. One is when she talks to Johnny in the cabin after the abortion mm-hmm. and when she just bleh about I'm scared of everything and who I yeah. am and you know all of that and then the other when she confronts her dad yeah with her on the yeah. lake there are a lot of things about me that aren't what you thought but if you love me you have to love all the things about me and I love you I'm sorry I let you down I'm so sorry daddy but you let me down too. Um, yeah. But yeah, you're right. Johnny is very. He, he's, he's the very one with vocal. the vocal and the memorable lines and the suave exterior, whereas she's very kind of internal and gets you know exactly who she is. Yeah. And you you can because doing it that way as well, you get the sense that she's not aware that she's changing. Yeah. I mm. think 
also part of that, like, um, the narration at the start is also, I don't think she realised at the time that she had changed. It was probably at the end of that summer that she's like, yeah. I'm not who I was anymore. Yeah. yeah. Um, but you can watch her go through it and she's not totally aware of it. She's just going with it. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's really well done. And then um, Swayze as, as Johnny is great. Like, he, he, his, his own dance moves. Yeah. Like, he's, he, he's... His own songs in some cases. His own song. <laughs> but then he's got, like, those moments when he really opens up and he's unsure of himself. Like, he's, mm. he delivers them really well. well it's like, a sense of vulnerability and, yeah. and like... And almost a clumsiness in him at times. Yeah, well, like I didn't Eric said that. earlier, it, he's he starts as this character who's kind of gruff, and you think he's this greaser type, but then slowly he, you know, you see what type of person like, he no, is. No, this is just the world he lives in. Yeah, he, this, he, this is what he likes, but he's just this as vulnerable as anybody else. Mm. Um, and he nails it. I think. Yeah, because yeah. as soon as he comes on screen, you're like, oh yeah, Swayze's here, cool guy. Yeah. And that's how the character starts. And then he... he yeah, the moment he walks in. Yeah, he, he captivates the screen. But he slowly... Once you, he starts talking, I guess, he starts yeah, to once really... Once he becomes less gruff and more comfortable around her. Mm. Yeah. And even when he is being gruff with her, it's like usually a lot of interactions where he's kind of snapping at her mm. and why are you here and, oh, you, I bet you just think this kind of stuff. Mm. Even when he's, like, being that gruff, you still get a good sense of who his character is and how he thinks. And that, like, immediate reactionary defensiveness he has against people yeah. like her. And I quite enjoy how long it takes him to see through that. It's essentially after the um, one second. the salsa dance that they have to do at the hotel, almost. It's, the forest is probably the, the first break. Oh, like, yes, right. When she snaps, I always forget that that's, It's yeah. the first time she snaps and gives him attitude back. you got to concentrate. Is that your idea of fun? Oh, yeah, yes, as a matter of fact, it is. We're supposed to do the show in two days. You won't show me lifts. I'm not sure it turns. I'm doing all this to save your ass. What I really want to do is drop you on it. You can see he takes a beat. Yeah. And he's like, oh, I get there this. she is. Um, like, he's actually seen something in her that wasn't there before, which was, he's like, oh, you're just the dainty little rich girl. Yep. Until like- she, like, stands there, hands on hips. And gives him what for. Yeah. Yeah. That he's like respects her a little bit. Challenge me. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm going to take you out to the freezing cold New York woods. (laughs) (laughs) More guys swimming. Oh God. Yeah. Okay. So for those that don't know, I was was super happy, Cole. You knew this already going into the film that. I mean, it's not hard to tell. It's not hard to tell. I, I never, like, looked it up at what, what month it was filmed in, but just watching it as a kid, I, it was actually, it was one of those things, you know, when you watch things when you're little and it's not until you're older that you pick up on yeah. things. Like, as a kid, I never realised there was abortion in this. Yeah. The same as I yeah. never realised that in Greece, Rizzo oh, yes. gets knocked Get, up. Gets yeah. Um, I missed that totally as a kid. Straight over. Yeah. Mm. Straight over. And the point of, you know, Grease Lightning was to get laid. Yes. yes. Straight over my head. Yeah. Um, and I've lost my point. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about how it was things supposed you to be can miss. Summer, but it was shot <laughs> yeah. in winter. As a kid. As a kid. <laughs> Grease Lightning. Yeah. <laughs> as a kid watching it, I never realised it was supposed to be summer. You just always, oh, okay. It never occurred to me that they had meant to be there in summer. <laughs> oh, yeah. I always sense, thought yeah. it was I weird mean, that they went swimming. I mean, I wouldn't think about it. They never really say summer break or anything like that. Yeah, like, I think there's like the opening line in the it. in the opening narration, yeah. I guess. But I think that's about all. They don't make a big 
emphasis about how glorious the sunshine is. Yeah, it looks is. like they've gone away late autumn. It, yeah, well, like it's for it's, a quiet getaway. They, yeah. they were shooting in October, which is late or like yeah, okay. <laughs> literally late autumn. Yeah, um, but yeah, got pretty good weather for most of their scenes. Yeah, that's, advantage of the rain. That's why I was, there. there's the, the one shot of the sister saying, "I'm so sick of the rain." <laughs> I'm. I really want to know if that's a meta line that yeah. they threw in. Yeah, it must yeah. have been. I reckon. Um, because apparently, like, it was so cold. Like, if you notice the scene where they're actually in the lake practicing, like, the, the lift, it's all a uh, super wide... It's a w- big wide shot, and it never cuts into coverage. It never goes closer because their lips were blue. <laughs> I was going to say, you <laughs> can they, almost see the breath. Yeah, they couldn't actually cut in... Go in further with the camera because it would yeah. be too, no- too noticeable that... It's like three degrees here. Oh. <laughs> um, and apparently they had to paint all the trees' leaves because <laughs> they were oh. turning brown and falling. <laughs> so gotta, it's like, get, get Jimmy out with a spray can <laughs> in the morning. Can you just cut in there the sound of, like, the you know, the Disney cards where they're, we're painting their rolls? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that I never... If that's the case, like, you get to location and you go... Mm. It's, we made a horrible mistake. Yeah. <laughs> we can't pretend this is... Own it. Just yeah, right? change one line to go, we came up at the end of autumn so that my no dad could can't. have a... Because he's like, you know, at the start, the mum's like, oh, it's the first holiday I've got him on in years. Mm. Of course, he seems like the kind of character that'll be like, I'm not going away in the middle of summer it kind of works. with everyone else. Yeah, It kind of works, though, the kind of grey bleakness almost to some degree. Mm. It kind of... Adds to the kind of her escaping from the world. I get like reading into the color, her. I think it works. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, but you, you could know, own where, the season. Where you could, but where I think it really works is um where it could have worked if they just owned the fact that it was cold. Is first open. You're saying when you first open those doors into the staff party, mm. how warm and hot and sweaty yeah. it is in there. That oh, it was sweaty in there. Yeah, that contradiction of how cold it is and the cardies and that kind of stuff to open up into this world where no yeah. matter what time of year it is. These it, guys it's hot sweet. and sweaty and they're having a great time. It's always summer in the staff party. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. um, the other one I wanted to bring up is... Uh, what age do we think Johnny's supposed to be? <laughs> <laughs> I've thought about this a lot. I, I yeah. suspect... Because Baby is supposed to be is 17. Yeah. I feel like he's supposed to be... At most, early 20s. Yeah, yeah I, I was thinking 22, I was 22, 23. I was the yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a teenager, but he's not, an, he's not a man. Yeah. He's yeah. still a boy as well. Yeah. And, and that's something, like, going in, I was kind of anticipating being like, yep, let's watch 35-year-old Patrick Swayze. Yeah, because I'm, I'm like, that guy looks older than me. Yeah. But- <laughs> I mean, everybody does. But- I don't know how old Penny's meant to be, because she she looks 40. But- yeah, she, yeah, the she actress does. was 29. I I'm up. so sorry. Cole. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Penny. Oh, no, sorry, Penny. Sorry, that was Lisa that was... Oh! <laughs> let's look at... No, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I, I got them mixed up. Because I'm, I'm, up- I'm curious whether the girl who played Penny was a Rockette. I well, will that would be that pretty, yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Or something like that, because like I wonder whether she was a more well-known. Penny was thirty-one. Okay. So you close. <laughs> she looks a lot older. Oh, she was in Runaways. That's a horrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> was she Tom's... a dancer? She looks like somebody that. They... She appeared in the Toto music video for Rosanna. Oh, she, wow. She okay. appeared in... It's a lot of music videos she's appeared oh, in. She's oh. a dancer. There you go. I mean, clearly she could dance. I was going to say, yeah. it looks like someone they've pulled in because you're a dancer and taught them to dance. Her yeah. top four on IMDb are Dirty Dancing, Flash Dance, Staying Alive. So I'm assuming so she's, she's... a dance actress. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Awesome. Hmm. 
But yeah, no, I think that was something I was kind of really cautious about going in this time is, oh god, the age is yeah. going to be so noticeable. But the, the, the story and the characters are so good that you don't notice. And, and hair and makeup care. did a pretty good job. Like, when he put on the puppy dog eyes, he looked like mm. a, a lost-in-the-headlights young adult male. Mm. Well, apparently he was wearing a girdle to make himself look younger and thinner. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, then he, but then when he's got his shirt off, you don't see that. No, no. You don't see that at all. No. Dubious IMDb trivia, possibly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess, like, before we start to wrap this up, the one thing I want to throw out is what... Like, clearly, based on the conversation, this film is really solidly made. Yeah. And, like, what do you think are the elements that have made it kind of last or linger as a cult film, I guess? You're probably the best person to ask. Um, like, yeah, you, true to right. Think, like, yeah, what, like, what makes you keep coming back to this film? Why is it so... I think, well, like I said, it's it's interesting because I am I am coming at this... It's one of the few films that I'm coming out going, I love it because I'm a girl. Mm. Um, I do think that's the case. The romance, like, the romance in it is one of my favourite love stories told in film. I, mm. I love it because it's not... Do you know what it does that I, like, it... It beats out Disney stories and yep. Molly Ringwald stories to me in mm. terms of like 80s and 90s teen flicks and romances. Johnny doesn't finally fall in love with Baby because he realizes that she's beautiful. He yeah. she doesn't have she doesn't get dressed for that dance at the Sheldrake yeah, and he goes, oh, "You're she's actually gorgeous. attractive." Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. you're actually attractive under there. He fought, takes a long time. He mm. treats her like shit. He judges her for her money and who she is for a very long time. And he falls in love with her because he finally sees through that and falls in love with her, yep. Yep. who she is. And he admires her. And she's the same. He, She admires the freedom that he has and the strength of character to do what he believes in, regardless of what the world gives him. He's got nothing, but he still does what he loves, you know. And he's good to people. He looks after Penny when he doesn't have to. And yeah, he, he doesn't dob in Robbie yeah. like he should. Yeah. You know? So I, I always loved that about it in terms of, like, a love story, watching it as a girl. I, I love that. But I think maybe the reason it holds up is, like, what we're talking about. Like, I think what made it huge at the time is it just hit all the right notes. Mm. Teen flicks were coming in thick and fast, and they were huge. Yeah. I was speaking to that teen angst and who am I in the world kind of stuff. That it, was going on a lot in those it, times. It's a teen film that doesn't sugarcoat it. Yeah. It presents a real-life situation and kind of, yeah, this it, is what people deal with. to throw in adult themes. Yeah. And not in a light-hearted way. It's happy to linger on them. Yeah. Throw it, in class it stuff. It does it in a safe way by setting it 20 years prior. Yes, so yes. So we're not making current social commentary. Yep. You're comf- it's okay to disagree because we're talking about the 60s. When they and we can all... throw in some great jokes about Vietnam. I've been thinking a lot about the dominoes here again. Now, when Vietnam falls, is China next? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, and like I said, like, you know, you're hitting the right notes of what was popular at the time. The dance movies, the teen flick, the romance. The nostalgia soundtrack. Yep. The nostalgia soundtrack. We'll talk about the soundtrack in a sec. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, like, two, two really hot stars at the time, Jennifer Grey and Swayze. Yeah. I think the big thing, like, it's interesting, like, the dancing throughout is really good, but there's really only for me one dance scene. You know, some some dance movies like that particular dance and that particular. This has one epic, and it's a it's the closer. And like mm. like you were highlighting during the film, it's the one they performed quite st- in a sterile manner 
earlier at the Shell... The Shell... The Shell Drake. Shell Drake. What a great <laughs> name for a place. Um, very, Generic hotel. Very memorable. Um, <laughs> but but it, it ends on that and a really epic note. And I think that's probably what gives... Like, it's a really well-delivered final breakthrough. And it's delivered in a very populist kind of way. But yeah. in, a, in a consistent way with the film. So it works with the film, but it's, it's accessible for anybody who enjoys this kind of genre. And it leaves you walking out... It's a very memorable on a, song. On a little bit of a high. Yeah. Mm. What's interesting is that, sorry to jump back into it, um, you guys were wondering why they never teased more of Time of Your Life yeah. throughout. You are talking about, what was it, Top Gun? Yeah, we, we mentioned the Top Gun factor of how they put uh, Take My Breath Away constantly it's throughout the film. It's dropped two or three times, just sort of building. And it's then planting fi- the seed. Of, yeah, yeah, planting the seed of the song. It's more the instrumental. And then... Sex scene, it just bang, in yep. comes the chorus, and you, it just rams home the... Yeah, it's used very heavily in that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, what I was just thinking with this is that what you notice is that it, it doesn't tease the song that you're going to get at the end. No. It, it, like, it doesn't tease that moment through the music that it's dropping in. But what it does, and I think this is why that final dance scene is so climactic and why you go, you're so with it. Like, yeah. you know, you're like, yes, do it. <laughs> <laughs> Do the lift. Yeah. <laughs> we know it's coming. Yeah. No, it's because they tease the dance through the whole thing. You see That's the whole montage is snippets of the dance. And you never you see the full thing. You rarely see full yeah. body and you rarely see full dance mm. unless it's the Sheldrake, which is awkward and cold and clunky. And it has reason to be because she hasn't learnt the dance properly yet. That's right. And She's... her heart's not in it yet. That's... Yeah. That's right. So <laughs> the trust isn't there. Yeah, it's not until the end when I pointed out to you, I'm like, you realise this is the same dance that we've seen the whole film. These elements, mm. we see little bits of it the whole way through. We see that the shell drape where it's not quite right, and you can sense that it's not quite right, and it's just not satisfying after all that montage. Yeah, so to bring in the familiar dance rather than just some random break dance it or something. Takes, it, <laughs> like that's the first, like first or second act, and it's not until the very last scene that you finally get a payoff for that build up. Yeah. Yep. And it's so just like, oh, it's thank God. It's such a I, release and celebration. Yeah, like, oh, I just needed to see it done properly. Yeah. All of it. And that's what you get at the end of it, and I think that's why you can't help, like, just, like, rooting for them right at the end. You cheer for them. Yeah. Yeah, that lift is... You get you get that moment. You're like, oof, there it is. Yeah, you're like, oh, it's just because I've seen you like fall so many times. Just get it right. It's like watching a blooper reel. You're like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't drop the watermelon. <laughs> Perfect. Um, well, I guess to sum it up, like Eric, uh, what takeaway? Uh, as an adult, loved it. I'm guessing. Or yeah, no, uh, that was that was really. I mean, I'm not gonna rush back and watch it in a hurry. But if down the track someone suggested putting it on, I'd be quite happy to watch it. Mm. Um, like I was saying in the intro, I was wondering, is surely this is more than just some sappy romance chick flick? And it, it was. It was so much deeper and stronger and more subtly put together while still retaining the familiar elements. So it's just it. It's the, the package is there. You know what's coming in a jet, but it's just it's done really well. It's a pop song with substance. Yes. That's the perfect analogy yeah, for it. There's yeah. nothing That's, wrong yeah. with good pop music. Yeah. Um, you've just got to nail it. And a bad movie with this would have left out the abortion or hidden in the background. Mm. If someone had you know, been delivered differently, some of those deeper elements, they wouldn't have bothered much with the class stuff. He would have been oh, just a full have, bad been, boy and he wouldn't have been vulnerable. Yeah, it would have been surface level, you've yeah. got money and I don't. 
And you're, we have to overcome that. Yeah. yeah, and you're the the rebellious bad boy who chain smokes. And I wish I could be that lifestyle, but I'm stuck in mine. So yeah. you're talking about Greece, basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Don't need to throw not, shade on Olivia yeah, uh, Newton-John, I'm, but yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to knock Greece because that's a, a yeah. film that I didn't appreciate as a kid as much as an adult. Yeah. I'm like, that's Let, yeah. Let's not let's not just call it the the shallow pop song here. It also no. has a teenager getting like a high school girl getting knocked yeah, not up. Just, <laughs> yeah, not just that, but stop it, chatting, goddammit. Yeah. <laughs> she best. got knocked up in year twelve. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But talking about appreciating kids is a f- <laughs> whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Feel free out. to leave that. <laughs> Uh, but talking about appreciating films as a kid. <laughs> um, oh my god. <laughs> need to stop the reset for that at point. We never talked about the soundtrack. We're <sighs> so all much. over it. Um, but speaking of uh, appreciating things as a kid, uh, the film Eric, would you have enjoyed it as a kid, do you reckon? Yeah, see, that's very interesting. Um, I reckon if I just watched it at home with my sisters at a certain age, it might have been okay. But, like, if I was at, like... I, no, it wouldn't have been something I was rushing off to see. And I think yeah. if I sat down or dragged off to the cinemas with, like, this bigger group kind of thing, I'd probably be like, ugh. I'm and not I think I would have been is. pretty bored because the deeper stuff I wouldn't have... Kept. Like you said, Cole, you didn't even... You didn't notice the abortion. And I... Like, I wasn't, like, an action movie junkie, but I... I you know, that, that love story is kind of superficial just if you, don't, if you miss all the other important deeper mm. parts. So, no, I don't think I would have liked it that much at all. Nice, yeah. And, like, I mean, Grease was okay as a kid. As an adult, Grease is awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So Mainly because of the soundtrack. (laughs) Yeah, and as a kid, I didn't really like the soundtrack that much. Yeah. So, you know. So, you know, I don't think I would have liked it. Mm. Well, do you guys want to hear a little bit of info about the movie before we wrap up? Sure. Yeah. So, it had a production budget of only $6 million, uh, and it went on to gross $63 million at the U.S. box office. So... It's a pretty big return on investment, actually. Yeah. So, and... That's US and a total of 214 million worldwide. That's wow. a very big return on investment. Uh, adjusted for inflation, that's roughly $512 million from $14 million. <laughs> Great success. Yeah. Uh, weirdly, though, it was only ranked the 10th highest film of 1987. All right. Oh, and you what was it competing with? I don't know. You, I should you have. always have number one. I should have had number one, but I didn't. Disorganised, honestly. You've got like three pages of notes and you're missing that. Like, you let me down too. Yeah. <laughs> Search dirty dancing. I was, too busy, I was too busy appreciating kids. <laughs> Safe search off. <laughs> <laughs> you got a bit of editing to do on this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm probably going to leave all that in. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, wow, God, that's kind of a bummer. Number one was Three Men and a Baby. What? Like, really? That movie was the highest grossing mm. film of 1987? Okay. Okay, you say so. Box office mojo. <laughs> the bummer. Um, but yeah, the, the film ended up uh, winning an Academy Award for Best Original Song. Uh, for obviously Time of My Life and was nominated for four Golden Globes for Best Motion Picture Musical or Comedy Best Actor and Actress in a Musical or Comedy Mm. and it won the award for Best Song obviously and I found this interesting it won the Independent Spirit Award for Best First Feature 
which is uh, pretty cool. Wow. Yeah. Right. And obviously won a Grammy. <laughs> See, I did not know the song was written for the movie. Yeah. So that's, I didn't that's know a, that either. That's nice. Yeah, it, it's specifically for yeah. this film. So, so that's it, nice to learn. Yeah. Uh, we'll do a little bit of alternate casting, I guess, yeah. if you're intrigued. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, definitely. Uh, so apparently there was one person before Swayze that was flat out offered the role and declined, and that was Val Kilmer. Oh. I can see that. Yeah. Because this is coming off of Top Secret, the Abrams and Zucker Brothers movie where like he played the pop star dancing guy, the oldest yeah. guy. Uh, he turned it down, and then apparently uh, Billy Zane and Sarah Jessica Parker both auditioned and screen tested. And wow. didn't get the role because they couldn't really dance. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then similarly, uh, Sharon Stone apparently auditioned for Baby. Oh. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, Jennifer Grey kind of works really well. But I think the, her look and size, like the, her petite nature, yeah, like, suits it works. suits it really nicely. It, it, not to say Jennifer Grey isn't attractive, because she is. It's, if you cast... She's natural. Yeah, if you cast Sharon Stone, who is like a Playboy model at this time, like, mm. it's... Yeah, very different yeah. um, image to begin with. She yeah. co- She's coming into it sexy, which Baby discovers her... My sexuality it would turn into it. Like, You don't see it in Baby till she sees it. Yeah. yeah, it would turn into like what you said, like she'll take her glasses off at the Sheldrake and you'd be like, wow, you're a knockout. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas like in this, like I said to Eric, like watching it, like just Baby looks wrong with makeup on. Yeah. It's mm. so unnatural. Better without it. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Um, before we wrap up, there was one thing that uh, I hadn't had a chance to bring up yet that I think helped uh, contribute to the film's... Uh, $512 million worldwide box office. And that's the fact that it was re-released into cinemas in 1997 for its 10th anniversary. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, which I think also helps add to the whole cult status of the film. Yeah. How many films get a re-release for its 10th anniversary? Yes. Well, what's interesting is why the 10th anniversary re-release came about. And that was because of Conan O'Brien. Uh, of, of course, here we yeah, go. Here we go <laughs> yeah. This is uh, why you wanted to yeah, bring it up. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous and hilarious. Um, <laughs> back in 1997, for the 10th anniversary, uh, when Conan was hosting the late night show, he... Uh, yeah, for those listeners, I'm a huge Conan fan. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where he, he pretty much looks like him as well. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, got, I got the red hair and the quaff. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Conan ended up starting a writing campaign, like getting viewers to send letters to the distributors to get the film re-released into cinemas. You need to put it out. The, fa- the people demand Dirty Dancing. Uh, you probably know about my new crusade. Now, ladies and gentlemen, just as Star Wars was re-released for its 20th anniversary. There's another great film whose 10th anniversary is this summer, and it certainly deserves to be re-released, too. I'm talking, folks, about the greatest movie ever made, Dirty Dancing. And, like, and to the, the point of took out full-page ads and Variety demanding it, was threatening, wow. was threatening to fire La Bamba, the trumpet player in the band. <laughs> and then the they ended up winning, and they got the film re-released. And then Conan's like, I just thought it was funny. I don't even really like that movie. <laughs> Yeah, I can picture that. <laughs> so that's like a nice little fun. Yeah, that does. Yep. It's a good YouTube rabbit hole to fall down if you want. Yeah, there'd be a lot of. There'd be a compilation video, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I guess that'll probably wrap us up looking at uh, 1987's Dirty Dancing. Yep. Nice. Um, yeah, uh, we don't have the hat for the next film because we only have. We don't need it. We've got one left. So, for, yes. to, for, to end out this season. What is it? 
So to close it off, um, and it, we didn't play it out this way, but it's ending with a pretty good bang, actually. We've got a double header. It's um, Back to the Future 2 and 3, back to back one episode. Yeah, this is, this is going to be fun. Um, yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> I, I'm a huge Back to the Future fan, and um, as someone who, like, you've seen the, the original, mm-hmm. um, I find it interesting you've never had a compulsion to watch 2 and 3. Oh, of course so. it is. It's just about finding the time. I mean, look at <laughs> the other movies yeah. I haven't seen. That's true. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. We do have an entire podcast devoted to it. I still got to watch Westworld season two. No, you don't. Oh. <laughs> yeah, no, you, you don't. You don't. I do. It's fine. <laughs> um, but yeah, I guess that'll wrap us up. Um, but if you have, uh, we're prepping the next round of movies for season two of the show. So if you have any suggestions of what were some films you grew up on or you think Eric might not have seen, uh, feel free to send us an email at haven'tseenpod at gmail.com. Otherwise, uh, the only thing is you can follow me on Twitter at Criterion Quest, uh, which is my other podcast. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's always awkward doing that plug. <laughs> it's a worthwhile plug, though. It's a good podcast. Yeah. But um, yeah, again, thank you, Cole, for joining us for this yeah, episode. Thanks, thanks for very much. That was me. awesome. I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> no, you. Very, very helpful. It was yep. really excited. We would have floundered without you. <laughs> yeah, so. Like, so one there was dancing. Yeah. <laughs> Swayze like, looked good in nipple high jeans. We've <laughs> gone so girly for this. I'm just swooning. It's what was needed. I'm so thank you. <laughs> uh, but yeah, f- uh, so tune in in a fortnight's time for Back to the Future. But for this week's episode, I'm Chris. I'm Eric. I'm Colleen. We'll catch you next time. Please rewind this cassette before returning it to your video library.